Get in, loser. We're doing butt stuff. I love that shirt and coffee mug. Thanks, Paul. That thing kicks much ass. Somebody, everybody's sending me the Bigfoot and alien stuff. Well, the t-shirt has Bigfoot being sucked into a UFO, and it says, get in, loser. We're doing butt stuff. That's pretty dang funny. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. We're getting closer to Christmas, man. Everybody's probably getting ready, getting spun up. Only got a couple more days, and then it's probably going to be like long weekend for some of you guys, huh? How cool is that? Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hopefully, we'll be talking to more of you. Lots of um, lots of stuff going on. Getting ready for SHOT all week. The, the calls have been coming in for SHOT Show. Uh, that's the 22nd of January. I'm going to be working the Monday ATAC range. That's the military LE range with Mile High. Uh, Mike, Corey, I think Hawk and Spur and those guys will be there um, doing their stuff. So it'll be, I guess it'll be a pretty big little rig um, for the ATAC range for Mile High this time. So it should be pretty good if you're going to be out there and you have the badge to get you into that range. It's the one across from um, Nellis. It's where Sin City holds their matches and stuff like that. So we'll be over at that ATAC range and doing our stuff. We're getting it all ready. Um, I'll talk to Mike a little bit about it. Um, so look forward to seeing everybody at SHOT. Like I said, spinning up some really good appointments, uh, talking to a whole bunch of people. I'll be going and doing... Mech, I can't even tell you. It's just a lot of guys coming through uh, asking. It seems like this is going to be a busy year shot-wise, mainly because of um, there's been a bit of a downturn for uh, sales and stuff this past year. The Trump slump is real uh, for a lot of these guys. Precision rifle, we're really not that um, susceptible to it, but there is a lag, for uh, lack of a better word. So we don't really go um, and tend to have the big swings that the AR and handgun crowd has when, you know, they threaten to ban stuff like, oh, the bump stock's banned, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, we don't run into that swing with Precision Rifle. But if you want to meet me at shop, make sure you get your appointments up. Give me a call. I'll book sometimes. We also got the Recon Sniper Foundation uh, party going on. On Wednesday night, that's for those guys. We used to do the USMC Scout Sniper Association thing, and I guess this year it's it's not going to happen. We used to hold our annual meeting at SHOT, which I think is the better way of doing it. If you're a part of the association, I would bitch, man. That sucks not having it at SHOT like we used to. Um, they were trying to say not enough people can get into SHOT Show. You can have it in a place and you don't have to get in. And Honestly, if you really worked at it, you could get a, you can get a, a ticket in. It's not a big deal. But um, then uh, the, the, the uh, Recon Sniper guys have a, have a great party at the Leatherneck Club off the strip. It's, it's, like, it's like in little, uh, little Korea or something. It's, it's in this uh, Asian section. I don't even know if it's Korean or what, but it, it's kind of like you're back in Okinawa or something with the Leatherneck Club jammed in the middle of the shopping center. And, um, you know, it's all character around it and, and no English or writing and anything like that. So it's kind of funny. Gives you flashbacks. So when you're in Okinawa or the Philippines or Korea, one of those kind of deals. So, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody Wednesday night at the Leatherneck Club. And then I guess Shirovsky's having something. It's like 70 years for them in some context. I'm not 100% sure. I thought they were older than that, but um, maybe not in uh, I'm thinking Collis probably because they're the original. They they did Haley's Comet 
um, back when it, but they're owned by both. But uh, anyway, there's a there's some kind of deal going on with them. I think that's Tuesday night or something. Who knows? Uh, for for that, so that'll be kind of cool. And then talking with Mark and those guys, we get together and go to a uh, Ferraro's. Uh, I think it's Thursday night. Uh, for Ferraro's, all of us get together and have a back room, and and it's a good old time. Good good Italian food, everything like that is pretty cool. So a uh, lot happening with shop man getting getting all the uh, appointments lined up. Well, like I said, I think it's gonna be a not a big year of product, although there is some changes coming on. You're seeing a lot of guys going in the hunting direction uh, with the Sig BDX. Shrofsky has theirs coming out. Uh, was just released their version of it. The Steiner, you know. So we're seeing, and then the mill version of the Revic. I know Gunworks has. That Revic coming out in mill. I talked to them a bit. For everybody who is waiting for the mill version, it's it's available or going to be available. I'm not sure if it's shipping yet or they're not going to announce it until after the first of the year. But the Revic, uh, all the electronic scopes are starting to drop now, and you're seeing a greater up oh, dropping stuff, a greater variety. Uh, I, I talk with my hands even on the microphone, man, and I'm knocking my GoPro mount over uh, while it's charging. So anyway. Uh, that's going on. Hey, I want to touch on a few things going to the forum and, and relate some of the conversations. The MOA mill, uh, the, yeah, MOA win reading stuff. We've got it hashed out really well to simplify it, removing the constants. Um, there's two different methods that one's a minute at 500 yards, and I think the other is like five minutes at 500. Uh, but what it ended up, the minute at 500 for me, and I ran it with like a 6.5 with a 1.43 in the data, it ends up being like 2.46, you know, and then the, the, or two, it's 2 at 100, so it's like a quarter, even though it's really not a big deal. You can get rid of 100. But it, it, it's like 4, 6, 8, 10 at the um, 500 yard. And then after that, it's like three, five, seven, and so on. It goes like odd numbers in a way where it's, you know, once it hits one, it's like 1.3, 1. 1.5, 1, 1 and three quarter. And so we have it all hashed out. There's a MOA, mil, a MOA win math sections on the um, Sniper's Hide forum. Big discussions. We're into multiple pages. We got a lot of really smart guys simplifying your MOA base math to remove the constants and then basically you just need the one number for your gun. Once you figure out your miles per hour or you align it for your miles per hour, it's it's like a done deal and, and it'll all just fall into line like the mill version we've been talking about. For the, a guy came on and posted their lost on where we started posting and talking about a miles per hour gun. You know, this is a five mile an hour gun, a six mile an hour gun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's, there's the Everyday Sniper podcast section. There's big discussions in that, but you might have to go a page or two back um, just because it moves so quick. And then we're doing it in the scope section and we're talking about different things there. Uh, one of the things with the um, with, with that rule of thumb, and I may pause us here for a second so I can dig it up and find it because Skookum put some kind of adjustments for the uh, changes in altitude and changes in uh, weather in a way. So I want to give you that information. That was kind of the missing part 
of what we talked about. Yeah, you can go over to Sniper's Hide and in the form you can read about it. But just to give you a little heads up of what we're talking about, give me two seconds here. Okay, I'm back. Did you miss me? I got it here. So we're talking about the the and the miles per hour in the wind. We're doing a ton. I mean, my goal has really been to flush out this wind. And, you know, wind's the great equalizer, wind's the unknown element, wind's what we're talking about, trying to fix, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's the biggest struggle for a new shooter. I mean, once we dope a rifle or guys can get software and print off a, a card, uh, a, a carb, then it becomes a case of wind. And whatever, you know, might be the reasoning behind it, guys will do fine with elevation and then terrible with wind, even if, and we know why, because it's, it's so unpredictable. But um, even when they have it on a card, they find really hard to, to try to struggle. So here's the tweaks to line up um, the speed. So uh, basically... What we found is that the BC mill method is exact, is what Skookum's saying, is that he's run the numbers and played with it really hard. That the BC mill method works at 2,800 feet per second with 2,000 feet of elevation. And that lines up perfect, okay? Now, to tweak it to line up other speeds and elevations is following. 200 feet per second with your muzzle velocity. So your base muzzle velocity is 2,800 feet per second. A 200 feet change is one mile an hour change in your basic wind. So if the bullet is a five, it's a six if you go to 3,000 feet per second. It's a four if you go to 2,600. So your 308s that shoot 2,600, even if you have a better BC, you'd still notch it down one notch because it's 26 and not. If you're shooting one of the Psalms or something that goes faster, Instead of 28 and you're at 3,000 plus, then it becomes the next one higher. So we're adding a mile per hour to our gun based on muzzle velocity, right? Then 4,000 feet of elevation change equals one mile per hour in basic wind change. So a six at sea level becomes a, sh a seven if you came to Colorado. So you dope your, your gun, your home, you're at sea level back east, say you're North Carolina, Florida, whatever the case may be, and you have a six-mile-an-hour gun. You come to Colorado, you now have a seven-mile-per-hour gun. And I see this all the time where wind speeds don't necessarily line up the same up here because of the lighter air versus down there. You know, even though we've had such terrible winds and it's loud and it's noisy, it doesn't always push it as, as much. So um, that's what we're looking to do. And for the guys with the big answers where it's, hey, it's just math, it's just this, it's just that. Yeah, we know. It is math, and it is easy. And if you do these formulas, they do generally work. The problem is people don't do them. They're complicated. People don't know where to find constants. People don't know where these different elements are coming from. So we're trying to simplify it so that way there we can give you Basically, one thing to memorize or one thing to write down or one thing to look at. So you're not blown up with all this wind information. And then, you know, you have to figure out what you have. Instead, it's like we're going to tell you, hey, this is what you have and only worry about that. Same thing we're working on. And, and, we're, and I'm doing a little bit of tweaking on the computer with it. Windrose errors. Okay. All the data books, all the stuff that show wind roses are wrong. 
Actually, if you guys took my class and you show them my corrected one, they did the math of my corrected one, and there's some rounded elements to it, but they found mine was much better than any of the other published wind roses. There's a big three, four page uh, post about wind rose errors and how you're doing your cosines or sign for wind. Um, it's cosine for elevation, sign for uh, wind angle, right, Chris? Chris is posting all that and correcting everybody. It's, it's cosine is your up and down, your sign is your left and right. Uh, that's what Chris was posting. So Chris has been doing some great work. He was a student. He's listening, I'm sure. Uh, so big shout out to him. We're, we're, we're working the problem. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's talking. You know, there's no trolls coming in and throwing little ha ha ha. Bleh. You know, we're, we're, it's devoid of that. How awesome is this where you have real knowledgeable people with, you know, valid information and all these other, you know, guys are coming in and adding to it and not subtracting, okay? We're, we're really, really working to keep the trolls or the goofiness to the either the bear pit or Maggie's drawers on the, on the forum. Guys know when we're talking something, you know, technical, when we're trying to make a better mousetrap for people, they're not coming in and trolling on us. Versus you go to any Facebook post, and a lot of people, man, we really need to be off Facebook. I, I, I contemplated it multiple times this week, deleting my account. I got a lot of pictures. I guess I'd want to download my images and stuff because um, the pictures are just really good on there. But the data is worthless. I mean, Facebook is shit. They're selling your data. They're giving it away. They're breaking your privacy, all this other stuff. So I really want to get rid of it. And I find myself only using it to advertise Sniper's Hide. It's really the only place I advertise the website, you know, other than like the podcast or something like that. So I've been reading all week that people are jumping ship. You could see that it's kind of down within our network. I think a bunch went to MeWe and I really don't want to do another. I own my own. Why would I, why would I do it another? So, um... Something to look at, something to consider. That that I'm you're not gonna find this stuff us talking about it on Facebook. You gotta come to Sniper's Hide. You gotta come over here and and see what we're saying. Quick update note for those who haven't been on Sniper, dude. We block proxy accounts. We we you know if you register and you're using a proxy, we'll flag it. You really have to kind of come to us and say, hey, this is who I am and this is what's going on. If your account gets flagged. But we're manually approving an account. So when you sign up, you have to wait till we approve it. You can't really do much. It's, a, it's like you're, not, you're still not registered until we approve your account. And we do it almost every hour. It's just overnight that it tends to, you know, we wake up the next morning and there's 15, 20 people waiting for us to approve them. And then they go, hey, I'm trying to blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to get on and I can't do this and can't do that. It's like, yeah, we didn't approve you yet. So just understand because of hackers, because of scammers, because of certain things going on, there's a extra level of approval that your account has to go through if you're registering for the first time on Sniper's Hide. If you had a Scout account, I got rid of all of them. I don't care. I didn't keep them. I didn't bring them over. I didn't want their crap cluttering my system. I technically could have gotten any Scout, like the user list from Scout when I left because it was technically mine. I didn't. 
I didn't incorporate a scout account into this. This is the original Sniper's Hide. This is the original website, the original data. You can go back and find stuff years ago, way before scout, still around. The formatting's messed up because we had software changes, but it's there. If you had an account and it was working, it's still there and we rec can recover it. The password's probably jacked up, but the username and email. Now, the other issue we run into, your old email might have been changed and then you can't recover it. Well, you got to let us know and we can merge accounts and do all that. You can register a new account if you're using a different email, but if you're using the same email, it'll only let you use one or the other. But we can recover accounts if we have to, but this is the original website. Okay, Scout was not the original one. There's a lot of people who think, you know, the 2014 was when this happened. No, this goes back a fuck ton longer than that. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it's the question that comes up. I mean, new users, we're through the roof on on, on our stats, man. It's it's really kind of crazy uh, just how, how you know, which it's good because Facebook's pissing everybody off. They all jumped ship and went to Facebook and started their own little private group. And now they got to come back because Facebook's fucking dogging them. So there you go. It, it, it's coming full circle and, and, and sticking with it and doing our thing uh, was, was definitely, um, you know, a, a good thing. Took another little break there, just checking some out. Guys, we're even posting like win-wise. I mean, we're really, really hyper-focused on the win because that is that mystery. That is the great equalizer. That's the whole deal. And um, one of the guys, uh, I posted some stuff from the Smoke Jumper PDFs that I have on wind. And then the U.S. Forestry Service has a slideshow that shows a lot of different things with the wind. So we were just looking at all that. So I wanted to check it out because it has really great images that not only show heating and cooling of the ground and the way the wind reacts to that, but transitions from wooded to manicured to mountainous and so on. So you're seeing all these cause and effect, okay? If you want to learn it, this is where you're going to come, man. We're the only ones I know talking about it to this level, to, uh, to this degree, that we're, we're really, really breaking it down into these these just microscopic, I mean, to within the, the tenth of a mil, the quarter of a minute, we're breaking it down. And we're trying to educate the listener, educate the viewer, the member, whatever the case may be. We're, we're really, really working on doing it right by you guys. Sorry about that. Pops in the hospital, uh, fell down in the snow or something, and busted up an artery, and they had to go in and do some kind of surgery or some crap. So phone ringing through, blah blah blah. So they, I missed a call last night. I had my phone on the charger, and then um, you know, turned around and talked to my brother this morning. So that's all. Just doing hospital updates. So anyway, let me go see where the heck I was. Um, anyway, the wind stuff and all that we were talking about. But there's there's a MOA wind math formula. Uh, section we're talking about there's a wind rose wind angle it's under wind angle that we're talking about so you how you can figure out how to how to adjust your holds for the wind and we're correcting the bad information okay um any wind rose you see out there is probably wrong unless you have those f class ones the the really hyper uh adjusted ones and then cold bore cold bore has the ones They'll put your dope in, and they're corrected 
based on the angle in your data. So it's a much better WinRows that way by using the uh, Colbor version. Not everybody has Colbor. If you're a Windows guy, it's almost worth buying Colbor. It's 130 bucks. It gives you all the different ones, and you can put it on your desktop. It's super powerful. It's got the uh, error budget, which is like the Wes. It's got a great library. It's got uh, it's it's just really really robust, and it's one of the ones we use a lot to look at this data. It's it's got multiple stability, spin stabilized, Green Mill Miller, Green Hill Miller. You know all the different variations for analyzing a shot, recording data, reloading everything. Big cold bore fan on the desktop. If you if you use a Windows computer. Um, in a desktop, it's totally worth just running Colbor on your desktop and, and just using that horsepower that it has. And then printing hard copy charts. You know, we're, we're trying to make it so if you don't have your phone, if you don't have this stuff, you have a starting point. You know, you can go, okay, you know, my gun's in MOA, just, you know, just a consideration. Three miles an hour with my gun is, is one minute at 500. You know, you can then start manipulating and playing that, and then you know, okay, this is what it is. At 500 yards, at, you know, under this wind speed, this is what I need. And it'll give you that that call, you know, where we ha- we've been talking about it for the mill guys. We're now doing it in these simpler terms for the MOA people out there. So we want to make sure that, you know, you guys are seeing that we're, we're working both sides of the equation and trying to make it simple and not have to worry about is that constant right, okay? Is that longhand math? Wait a minute. Let me get my phone. Let me get my calculator. Let me get this. And plus, it gives you the ability to true the wind in your software so you can go, I got to line this number up with this wind speed and make sure it reads like this. And then you can see, yes, my wind is right in the app because there's always something in the apps where this isn't right, that isn't right. I mean, think about this. We know, we, we, we talk about elevation as a given so often. We talk about, you know, the small variations in temperature and change and it doesn't move. But elevation, write your dope down and go. But then the wind is everywhere. Well, if we're truing and adjusting our elevation to the degree people do, why would you think the wind would be automatically fall in the line? It doesn't. That's why we tweak the BC. That's why we're saying at 800 yards, fine-tune the BC for your system, for your shooting. Because what does that do? That tweaks the wind. The wind is being manipulated by that BC in your software. So if you just take what they tell you and don't adjust it for you, you're going to be off a little bit. And then, you know, it's a a bit of a struggle for people where tweak it, then adjust muzzle velocity, which further tweaks it, just like we talked about, 200 feet per second, plus or minus, is going to give you a mile per hour change in wind. Then your elevation, 4,000 feet is a mile per hour in wind. You know what I mean? So we have all this data. What we're trying to do is put it in a way you can understand it, a way you can recall it, or a way you can find it and use it to analyze what you're currently working with. Okay, guys? I mean, like I said, it's there's a lot of really smart people doing a, a lot of really good work minus the trolls. That's the biggest thing I want to tell you. That there isn't somebody coming in who's who's 
stumbled on a conversation halfway through and then just starts jacking it up. It ain't happening, okay? And if it did, I'd boot your ass. But anyway, that's that's what we're working on there. That I'm doing that uh, again. Oh, I gotta. I I uh, I'm actually fixing it. I think the Michigan guys. It was Minnesota. It's not Michigan. Um, but I, I to somebody I, I talked to them, they're like, hey, you're coming to Michigan. I go, no, I screwed up. And I just found out like yesterday, the day before, it was Minnesota, not Michigan. And um, he's like, oh, maybe I can do a Mi- Michigan then. So I gave him the details and all that to maybe put something in Michigan. I messed up. Dude, my, I'm pulled in so many different directions. I can't memorize all this crap. My brain's broke. Uh, you know, uh, just this, this whole thing. Anyway. Right now, the one we're working on is Minnesota, but somebody is taking up the mantle of Michigan, okay? Um, I screwed that up, so apologies for the guys that I got worked up because I was getting all this, Michigan, yay! And then it's like, no! So anyway, um, that's that's what uh, I'm doing there. We're probably, speaking of SHOT Show, um, we're, we're working on, I'm finalizing the last little bits of the Ashbury, the APO rifle, the whole thing. We're going to put data cards and information together. Dude, we're doing a lot. This is going to be a super simple, effective turnkey system. You won't have to really do anything but set the rifle up for you. There'll be some tri-dope data for you. All these different things we're doing. I talked to him. I went over. Uh, we, we finalized and made sure I had the colors right. We're doing a, a black oxide. We're doing a um, OD green, a flat dark earth, and then a sniper gray. So you have three options in Cerakote colors, or four options, rather. Four Cerakote options uh, coming from that rifle. There, there's some upgrade options that you can do, but as it is, the fact they upgrade the trigger for you to the Trigger Tech trigger... And, and really, I want to give a shout-out to the Trigger Tech guys, man, because they really are working out well. I put them in. I'm playing around with them. And uh, the, uh, the, the the Trigger Techs, to me, are very adjustable without the downsides. Don't get me wrong. You could foul anything. I, hell, I've seen the AIs foul, and the AIs are the best trigger on the planet. There's only, like, four moving parts. It's super easy. Does that mean you can you can't mess them up? No, I've messed them up. You got to clean them out. The whole thing we've talked about in the class with the sand. The trigger techs are really really good. You got if you want to go low, they got the diamond line. If you don't need to go low, you they got the others. But there's really some good stuff happening on that side, and I'm I'm kind of defaulting to them. Does that mean I don't like Timney? No, that does not mean that. I think the Timneys are good too. One of the things I do find with the Timneys is understand your springs. There's a there's there's a difference between some of the Remington clone actions and there's like a 501 or 502 I think is the number on the spring and you have to sometimes swap that spring out. It's it's kind of a uh a quiet misunderstood where it's not talked about a lot, but once people realize it's like, oh, it's this spring and not that spring, it fixes the problem super easy. But you can put in a Timney and then you got to kind of change it to make sure it works with the various actions. When you know, when I was kind of whining the other day and I was being a whiner pants with it, oh, the actions are everywhere, actions are out to get me. 
um, there, there's a, enough variation where sometimes the triggers have to be tweaked per action. Uh, when you get into that hyper thing and then going that light, you have to be really careful. You know, we talked about sear engagement and drop fires and different things like that. But, you, you know, you have to look at the trigger and the trigger springs with some of them where I feel the trigger techs are working out really well. I like the system. I like the trigger. I like the break on them. So for an aftermarket trigger, you know, them and the Timneys are right up there. And, and again, I'm the two-stage fan guy. I like a two-stage variant. So I'm getting those two-stage uh, triggers, and I'm doing that. So uh, we, we, we went over that with the trigger. We went over the rifle. Matt um, sent me a test-proof target for one of the rifles with 147-grain Hornaday stuff. And it was like three-eighths of an inch a little tiny one whole group man it was really really nice coming out of these same rifles their layer of qc without having to go full into the custom shop mode keeps the price down but make sure you get a good rifle and you know it's funny i was talking to mark yesterday about it and you know he's like we're not doing ruger rprs anymore it's like yeah you can really do any of them but not everybody wants an rpr i get that but then when we're, we're, what we're doing with the RPR is we're upgrading them. We're changing the stock to a Magpul, the, the buttstock part, right? We're changing the, the, the rail up front to the Seekins. And, and so we're, we're, we're doing a change. And then he says, well, I'm building a guy's Tikas. We don't like the Tika. No, I love the Tika. I'm a fan of the Tika. But T3X, we're getting out of the stock and we're putting in a chassis. And then the Tika... Uh, TAC A1 I took out of the stock because I don't like the magazine. Now, the TAC A1 is probably the better turnkey system between the RPR and the um, Tika, but it's more money. It's 1800 bucks for the TAC A1, okay? Barrett is a pain in the fucking ass to deal with. They, 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 they I, I've gotten nowhere trying to talk to Beretta. For years, this isn't a one-time, it's not a two-time, it's not a three-time problem, it's a four-plus. So it's like why, you know, I'm talking up the Tika, I'm saying how much I enjoy it, but why? Because, you know, I'm changing the bolt handle to the Sterk, not a lot of money, but I'm changing it. Then I'm changing out the mag system, because I don't like the mag system, and you know, if you're the T3X, you're not spending a lot of money, eight, nine hundred bucks, then putting it in a chassis, you're back up to two grand. You know, you got a really good chassis. So say you get an eight hundred thousand dollar chassis and a nine hundred gun, putting them together, you're back at eighteen, nineteen hundred. Okay. You got the TAC A1, which is turnkey, but it's eighteen, nineteen hundred. We're gonna be rolling out the, the Ashbury one for the same price. We did all the work. We fixed the trigger problem. You know what I mean? We upgraded the trigger for you. We got a stock that's manipulated. We, we're based off of Remington. And, and really, the only thing I, I would probably change on it would be the bolt knob because we're doing a factory Remington right now. And, you know, Ashbury will upgrade the bolt knob for you. But that's the only thing we didn't do out of the box. And, and for some people, I was telling them, man, just get the KRG. The um, you know, the one Justin did, the Magpul, the 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 plastic add-on, and it's it's nothing. You know what I mean? It still works good. 
it's it's not ugly. You could take it on and off. You know what I mean? It's not a it's not a custom spun up bolt knob, and you can do that, and it's inexpensive. You can go to a lot of these guys. They got CNC processes. They put the bolt in, zip, 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 spins it up, machine goes, and new knobs on in seconds. You could do that, but that's the only thing I didn't change and upgrade on the Ashbury. So you got a turnkey system that is in the same price point. It's within a hundred bucks or so of the Tika Tac A1. So there you go. You know what I mean? And it's just Tika versus Remington. Now, because I'm going that extra layer of QC. I'm not worried about the Remington at this point. But yeah, there is some benefits to the Tika. Um, the, the bolt throw I like, okay, th- there's all that. But like I said, I'm upgrading them. I'm putting the Sturks and doing all that other stuff. So I'm adding I'm adding two, 300 bucks even to attack A1. And then for me, I swapped it out for the Kdex. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the Kdex chassis for Tikas, but they're not cheap. And, and honestly, the competition light Kdex is hyper kick ass i mean i really dig the competition light i i I mentioned and i talked to uh, those guys yesterday i got the sheepdog here in the competition light and that sniper gray what a damn sexy rifle that thing is that sniper gray is such a good looking rifle but you know that's like a custom stick in 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 the big dollar deal where we're trying to do that on a lower cost we're just there's a lot of people out there not everybody has the money to be in the $4,000 or $7,000 like with the AI, the, 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 the AT. So, you know, my first recommendation, get an AT, switch calibers, do all this, do all that, but it's four grand. Your AI AT, best switch caliber rifle for the money, okay, four grand. But if you don't have four grand, well, then you want to be that, that entry level, well, this is where the APO comes in, and that's where we talked about in the past the Tikas and the Rugers, okay? That's that sub-level for those people. Then there's the middle of the road guys with the AT. Then the high end, you start looking at your Kdexes, your AIs, you know, the AX, and those different rifles and stuff that are now in the $5,000 plus. You know what I mean? That's sort of, to me, that tipping point. and above, $5,000 to $2,000, that's where your Hancock comes in uh, with the Nucleus, that's that sub two grand, that's where the APO is going to come in, you know, that's where the Tika Attack A1 is going to come in, and then you go down to like $1,200 and below, okay, so it's it's these blocks, and, and it's not a one size fits all when it comes to your money and and what you're spending. Then, you know, we start looking at the scopes, like I mentioned. You know, you got the SHV is that entry level that I like. And then you can start looking at the Bushnells, the Athlons, the Sig Tangos, and that's in that, like, just a a tick under two grand, like that $1,800. Then you go above two grand, and you start getting into the Vortexes, the Gen 2s, the Collis, the other Night Forces, you know, the Attacker series, till you hit three grand, then it changes again, you know, we're and, and I, I, I don't, you know what I mean? I always think of, I have that money in the back of my head. I'm, when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm always looking at what you're going to spend or what you're going to get. And, and it's a dollars and cents thing, you know what I mean? I can easily say, oh, buy, everybody buy this. Everybody buy this night for 7 to 35, 
Everybody should get an attacker. Bang. If you don't get an attacker, you're shit. And it's like, not everybody can afford the attacker. Not everybody can go that route. Oh, the collis. The new collis are great. I, I, they are. They're really, really good. Well, if you're looking at a 5 to 25 collis and a 5 to 25 night force attacker, you're splitting hairs and you're looking at an almost essentially the same thing money-wise, feature-wise. Now you say, well, I like this part of the collis better with the, with the uh, parallax on the top. I like this reticle and the night force better. I want the mill C or the new one, you know. Then you start looking at your feature stuff. But if you're like Bushnell versus Athlon, you know, which one are you going to go? Well, you're in a lower price point, so you kind of, well, which one looks a little better? Which one has a reticle I like? You know, the, the choice is, is easier in a way, but stay within your block. It, it drives me nuts when someone will say, should I get the Athlon or the Collis? It's like they're... You could buy two of the Athlon for the price of that. So how is that even a fair comparison? You know what I mean? You can't compare something, uh, you know, unless you're asking, should I go from this to this? Will it make that big of a difference? Yeah, I probably will. Remember, when you start going below that two grand, you're averaging about a 2% error factor on average. That doesn't mean all of them. Just on average, we see... From a one to two percent error factor in the scopes under two grand. When you get above two grand, it's usually like one percent or less error factor. Okay. And that's kind of where, you know, we're looking at these different things in your value. It's it is in a way, it's doubling the chance of an error. Because you can either have no error with a really good, you know, night force attacker five to twenty-five. And then you say you get something sub two grand and you have a 2% error. Well, that's kind of a big difference between perfect to 2% in what we're talking about. You're right on that edge. You know what I mean? So then, but if you're like, well, both of these have a 50-50 chance of being 2% or less off, then, you know, then it's feature this and that. But if it's a difference between three grand and 1500, ah, you can't compare them the same. You just can't. You got to, for what we do, you have to put the dollar factor in play. You have to consider that, okay? That's something that has to be looked at in terms of whether or not, um, you know, uh, the, the, the money spent is valid or that system when you're comparing A to B. I guess what? I, I, a long way of saying compare apples to apples and not apples and oranges. I guess that's kind of what I was saying in, in you know, a stumbling way. But no, that's, that's what we're looking at. I mean, we're in the end of the year. We're working up. We're getting ready for all these different things. People are at Christmas. They're in buying mode, gift certificates. Wife goes out, wants to get you something. So what I'm looking to do is make you a smarter consumer of precision rifle gear. That's it. I'm, I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm, I'm in a way I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to do consumer reports. I'm trying to turn around and say, listen, we looked at all this stuff and we find, you know, out of 10 inc- uh, or, you know, 10 situations, we have three incidents with this. We have two incidents with this. We have no incidents with that. And we've seen it this many times. That's what we're relaying. 
it's your choice. It's your decision. You're the guy that has to live with it. And and all these questions of gear come down to dollars and cents. People don't want to spend their money foolishly, right? Boom. Anyway, all right, guys, I'm going to get ready to jet off here, get this posted up again. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody in case you're listening late, early, whatever the case may be. I will be talking with you guys shortly. Come on over to the Sniper Side Forum. The conversations are flowing freely, and we're having a good time with it, man. We're learning stuff. We're putting things together. We're improving on what's out there or what has been out there for 20, 30 years and fixing it for modern times, okay? Our our gear changes every week. Better barrels, better bullets, better powders, better, you know, brass, better scopes, better rifles. So now we want our information and our knowledge base to be better because all that's changing. If you're looking at a manual from the 70s and 80s or something somebody wrote back then or something grandpa used all the time, I get it. It worked for him with his 30 odd six. Okay. It works for the 308 with the 168 grain Sierra Match King going 2650. I get it. But we're not doing that as much anymore. We're more 6.5 Creed. You know, we're more this, we're more that, we're better scoped, better that. You know, you got a guy coming in still today, or I answered it yesterday. Hey, I got I got my 308, I'm shooting this, I'm doing that, and I'm my scope, my vortex scope is zeroed at 300 yards. Why? Why do you have a 300 yards? And then he's, he doesn't have elevation he wants. He's trying to tweak and figure out how do I do this? How do I do that? He's making three times more work for himself because he's got a 300 yard zero for no apparent reason. Like they don't have a reason. It's just repeat. You know what I mean? It's telephone. Somebody said zero here. Somebody said do this. Hunting, whatever the case may be. It's, 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 it's bad practice in a modern era. That's what we're trying to do because the questions are still coming in. Hey, why is this not doing what I want? Just like, you know, another guy today posted on the high. He's comparing imaginary numbers between Hornaday and Lapua's six doff. Hornaday four doff, Lapua's six doff. Imaginary numbers put into software and he says, hey, the solutions are different. Yeah, no shit. But, you know, and then you can't even say what's the what's the real number because he even admitted he's just testing the water to see which one he wants to use. He doesn't have a point of reference. You know, listen. They're all going to be different. If you take all the same information and put it in ballistic or applied ballistics, ballistics AE, uh, Strelock, Tracel, Hornaday, Fordoff, JBM. They're all going to spit out some minor variation somewhere. And especially he was looking at 1,500 meter, okay? Some like you to turn everything on. Some want you to turn everything off. Some don't include everything. There's always an author's flourish, okay? There's always some interpretive dance being done mathematically under the hood. Interpretive dance. I love that term. Okay. Under the hood there, which is going to be a tenth or two off, which is why we true them to our systems. So be smart. Think about what's going on. Get this data. 
and and come on over and, and, and we'll straighten you out. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. It's been a great year, and we're going to keep on going. Um, and we're going to see a bunch of you guys at SHOT and do a little recording. People want to talk at SHOT. I'm getting all kinds of requests. Hey, man, talk to this guy. Talk to that guy. Talk to this guy. Yeah, we'll do it. it, it it'll end up being the phone mic kind of thing, and I'm going to lower it down, and I'm going to play with it. But it'll be one-on-one. I got those lav mics for the telephone, and I can record and hopefully cut out a bunch of SHOT noise. But I think it'll work out good. All righty. I will talk to you all soon. Cheers.